good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're just about ready for takeoff now, so, uh... Shit, everybody move now. Go, go, go. Inside, everybody inside. To the stairs, quickly. Everyone head to the roof. The helicopter's waiting there. Go, go. No, no. No, you're lying. That, that's what demons do. They lie to cause men of God to doubt. I'm not telling any lies now, Father. I can feel it in your soul that you know what I say is true. There's so much blood everywhere. Where be the rest of them? I... I can't tell. What is doing this, Mr. Simon? That couldn't have been done by no man, I swear it. I don't know. From the minds of true crime guys comes Sandu Stories. Our brand new channel devoted to our previously Patreon exclusive content, where we'll be bringing you our own version of true crime what ifs and other audio dramas, one season at a time. Join us wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get strange. I can feel your fear growing and your faith dwindling. It's an intoxicating feeling. Welcome back to True Crime Guys Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Andy. And Andy. I'm going to let you introduce yourself from here on out, Andy. I have my own responsibilities That's now. right. <laughs> I hope you have all your clips ready. We I have all, tons we all of must, shit for you to play today. We all must grow. That's right. We get more responsibilities as we grow. That is very part true. part of being an adult. <laughs> I'll get the hang of that is one that day. Is that our lesson for today, Andy? I'll get the hang of it someday. Listen, nobody's got it together. Nobody? Nobody. I, you have got to be lying. Social media has told me the opposite. <laughs> This algorithm can't be just for me, can it? No, it cannot. It cannot. Speaking of algorithms, guys, go help out our uh, YouTube algorithm by going to subscribing. Um, and ironically, I'm asking you to do this on an episode where we are not recording video. Yeah, right. But it's for a pretty good reason. Um, if you guys don't know, my wife Kristen is our video editor, producer, all that good stuff. Makes the videos worthwhile. And uh, her sister and mother are coming into town from Las Vegas this coming week all the days she would have been working on your lovely video. So, I gave her the week off. So there you go. <laughs> She's the one who normally decides what you guys get to see, but this one time Michael was like, you know what, you know what? I'll call it. I'll call you it. You take the day. <laughs> exactly. So instead of me editing the video, we're just not doing one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of it just not being good, we'll just... That <laughs> is the advantage of being the boss. Um, but yes, so welcome to this regular True Crime Guys episode. I mean, if you listen in podcast form, like most of our listeners do anyways, you don't even notice the difference. But either way, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening and uh, smash that subscribe button and uh, leave us a review if you can. We appreciate that very much, especially if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It really helps the show uh, become you know, promoted through the algorithms and whatnot. Also, give us a follow on TikTok, and you can see clips from every single episode, even Patreon exclusives. And also, uh, I want to show you guys some stickers. You can click the link below in the description. I actually grabbed a sticker to show it to the camera. Did you notice that, Andy? Oh, I definitely saw that. It's a little that. bit of a habit. <laughs> I was um, like, I'm just going to hold it up like the camera's like, there, just, but it's not. Yeah, let's just That's, see how long weird. he talks to the, to the stand. <laughs> I, it's a good habit to get into, <laughs> yes. really. I, I will talk to the stand all day. 
Um, but guys, always act like the camera's on, Michael. <laughs> that's right. You'll never be caught with your pants down. <laughs> that's right. It's good advice. Um, but yes, yeah, so these custom stickers that my daughter Melody designed, I could not be happier with. Um, it is a, a, a sharply dressed gentleman here. Uh, a charming true crime guy, if you will, with a TV head walking away from an exploding creep van. And it says true crime guys in the explosion. Guys, these are available at truecrimeguys.com. Um, and you can also, if you click the shop link at the top of truecrimeguys.com, you can get this logo on about anything. Yeah, right? any Andy, design, pretty, much, pretty much any like merchandise that we offer, that, yeah. that that design is part of it now. Absolutely. You can get anything from a hoodie to a mouse pad with tapestry and a pillowcase, whatever whatever you're into. I'm here you know? to inspect the tapestries. <laughs> exactly. Does this studio not mm-hmm. have tapestries? <laughs> right, not TCG tapestries? We don't even have one in the studio. We need to get one, right? Mm-hmm. Need more tapestries. You should, we should design us just a, just a one-off TCG tapestry. Just for the studio. I think you just volunteered yourself. I think Mr. so. Mr. Artist. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm jobbing that out now. <laughs> I'm building different departments within the show. I just use my words. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but guys, you can also check out our other show, Strange and Unexplained, and Sandu Stories, wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, there's a ton more content at patreon.com slash Guys. And of course, everything I've mentioned is right below the description of this episode. Um, a special announcement, though. Guys, you may have noticed, if uh, if you are a newer listener of True Crime Guys, the first 50 episodes of TCG are not available anymore. Uh, episodes 1 through 50, that's because they're in the TCG vault on Patreon. we got to clear some space every now and then. And uh, so those episodes 1 through 50 are on Patreon on the $2 tier. So, so, so for just $2 a month, you get access to those. And by the 1st of June, June 1st, we will be adding the next 50. So after June 1st, uh, episodes 51 through 100 will no longer be available on the free platform, but they will be available on the $2 tier on Patreon. That's how we know we're getting to like that Disney status. We got to start putting stuff in the vault. Yeah. We'll you, bring it back every once in a while on collector's edition. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> They'll come out on Blu-ray with some bonus features. That's right. So to be safe, I mean, honestly, you can get every regular episode of True Crime Guys for $2 a month. You know, that doesn't count JTB and Strange Shorts and things like that, but still... Um, so, but guys, this week's case, uh, first off, there's going to be a special on ID at the end of this month, March 29th, right? Andy's going to be a three episode, a three night special. Yeah. Three night special. Okay. So yeah, obviously three episodes and it is the story of Natalia Grace, uh, Barnett, I guess, cause she was adopted by this family, the Barnett's. Uh, in 2013, an Indiana man named Michael Barnett and his wife, Christine Barnett, they were accused of abandoning their adopted daughter in an apartment alone before fleeing to Canada. But now, they are speaking out against the allegations and claiming that their daughter is not only a sociopath, but also a con artist. Michael and Christine took to media outlets to declare their innocence, saying that they thought that they were adopting a six-year-old girl named Natalia from the Ukraine back in 2010, but what they ended up with was more like a 22-year-old woman who was bent on harming the Barnetts and their three children. Talk about a shipping error. Dude, <laughs> seriously. Apparently this happens a lot. This is Ukraine. not what I, I ordered. <laughs> not at all. Um, but as this story unfolds, uh, guys, if you just watch the trailer to the curious case of, uh, I think it's the curious case of... Of Natalie, Natalie Grace. Is it the curious case of Natalie Grace? That sounds I'm, really good. I'm, that um, sounds very Hollywood. It is. 
it's either that or this curious case of yeah. Natalie Natalia Barnett. It's the Natalie. curious case of Natalia Grace. Okay. Um, if you watch the trailer for that, which we have linked in the uh, sources below, it's it paints the parents in a very bad picture. Um, the you know I'm using quotations parents, the adoptive parents of Michael and Christine. It paints them in a very very bad light, honestly. It, but it, it's it doesn't really paint anybody involved in a very good light. It's it kind of um, the trailer goes a lot of twists and turns, true. and it's you know are these the good guys or are these the good guys or are these the good guys? It, it yeah. does a lot of you know we want to get you watching. So yeah, okay. it, it does a pretty good job of making everyone seem like they could be the villain, like a yeah. like a mystery movie. So yeah, that's kind of aggravating part about this. It's like. You think you know who the villain is as you start looking into this case, and then you're like, well, wait a minute, maybe not. Or maybe both. Yeah, maybe there is no good guy yeah. here. <laughs> maybe they're both shit. <laughs> well, what if they're both shit? <laughs> Let's roll the intro. <laughs> I will pre-warn you, you might not like the truth. We had no idea what we were dealing with. She's not six. She was an adult. You could just tell. And I'm like, whoa. She threatened to stab my sons. I definitely didn't feel safe around Natalia. You've adopted a kid and now they're trying to kill you. I mean, it's the stuff of a horror movie. She tried to poison and kill my wife. And Natalia's standing at the foot of the bed with a knife in her hand. She's tiny. These stories don't make sense. You just don't know the true Burnett's. I'm charged with two counts of child neglect. Is that correct? Maybe there's more than one villain in this story. My mom is definitely not 100% innocent. Just when you think you have it solved, you find out you don't. We were all abused! <laughs> it's all gonna come to light. We're in deep, deep trouble. While kicking down the stairs, we said we're not going to say, right? Say, right? Yes, you felt? Buckle up, buckle up. All right, so here we go. So I really didn't know you could play the harpsicle. Did you a harpsichord or whatever it's called? Okay, that's a that's really? a weird instrument you pulled well, out there uh, for the intro. That was a great yeah. yeah lots of yeah. synth stuff in you, there. You is like that a real that? harp? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I guess it is now. now. I can just edit this out. I have so much of you talking. I could probably just use an AI program and be like, get Andy to talk about not using a harp. Just loving the fact that it's like just just show him behind the scenes a little bit, guys. Sometimes we don't have the intro ready while we're recording the audio. <laughs> we never do. We never do. We record the episode a week in advance. So yeah, I'm not working on the intro yet. Uh, get inspired when you get inspired. Back to this case, Andy. You're gonna get us a one star review. You know. Mm-hmm. Get a gold break. star. Gold star. That's still a gold star. <laughs> still, it, that's true. The, the star. I think they're white stars. Actually, <laughs> do I still get a star? <laughs> we're going. We're trying to get four more. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, anyways, this case. All right. At, at first listen or first glance or whatever, however you looked into it, it sounds like a horror film. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to admit, it sounds like what is the name? It's like where people adopted like an orphan or something. Is it? It's orphan. It's yeah. orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, of course I remember that, Andy. I just didn't remember it the first time we talked about it. <laughs> the the um, great sentence of quoting Michael right there. It's like, what's that right. movie? It's like where they, they adopt like an orphan girl. Yeah. It's like a horror movie, but like an orphan girl. Yeah. You know, it's like an you orphan, mean, but she was really creepy. You mean orphan? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> That's it. 
Well, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's a movie where an American family adopts a Russian orphan, not far from the Ukraine, am I right? Believing that she is a young girl, only to be terrorized by a psychotic woman with a special form of dwarfism. Now, in the film, the girl ends up hurting and even killing members of the adoptive family. Hollywood. Okay, so possibly that this adoptive family that we're talking about today could have been inspired by this, wouldn't you? I mean, is that is that crazy to say? Oh, no. Movies can inspire lots of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we love movies. But however, this is no movie script, although I do believe some of these people are acting in there. Some of these interviews. Do you believe there was some pre, uh, pre-scripted uh, dialogue here and there? Yes. I, you would have to think. Uh, but for the Barnetts, this is the new normal, defending themselves against charges that they claim that they abandoned a helpless disabled child. So this is this is a real-life horror story for sure. Like we said before, I'm just not sure on who the villain is. Yeah, there's no clear, you know, slasher in the mask. It's Mm-mm. This is a real, like, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcockian, like, who is this? Right. Where is this? The point of view. And yeah. yeah it's, it's a lot of twists and turns. I- indeed. So let's start with possible villain number one. Natalia Grace. <laughs> Bachelorette number one. <laughs> Natalia Grace. Uh, yes, who has a rare form of dwarfism called, oh my gosh, I wish we were doing the video version so I could put this word on the screen because how, how do I say this, Andy? Spondylophyphysip. Nope. Spondylophyphysip. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a rare genetic disorder. Okay? It's a big that word. It is. It is. Um. Yeah, I'll, uh, I don't know what I can do. I'm sorry, guys. Look this up. But it's a rare genetic disorder. Yes. Spondyopiphyseal, maybe? Yeah, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. I like that. But this genetic disorder results in a short stature and skeletal anomalies that primarily affect the spine and long bones of the arms and legs. Okay. Okay. So, that's our possible victim. Doesn't sound very threatening, I'm going to, I'm going to say. Not unless you're Um, Peter Dinklage. That man can kill you with a sharp tongue. (laughs) Very true. The range on that man. Very true. Um, now, possible villain or villains number two, the Barnets, who themselves are no strangers to the spotlight. Okay, they 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 do tend to like the attention. I'm just gonna say. I mean, you don't have to watch many of their interviews, especially Michael. I'm okay. Saying. Yeah, that uh, wolf man. But Christine Barnett is a published author. Uh, who in 2013 released a book titled The Spark, A Mother's Story of Nurturing Genius. Amazon bestseller, if I've ever heard one. Probably. But the book was an autobiographical memoir about Christine's experience with her son, Jacob. And uh, Andy's going to read us a small description from Goodreads. Christine Barnett's son, Jacob, has a higher IQ than Einstein, a photographic memory, and he taught himself calculus in two weeks. At nine, he started working on an original theory in astrophysics that experts may believe someday put him in line for a Nobel Prize. And at age 12, he became a paid researcher in quantum physics. But the story of Christine's journey with Jake is almost as remarkable because of his extraordinary mind was almost lost to autism. At age two, when Jake was diagnosed, Christine was told he might never be able to tie his own shoes. Wow. And all thanks to Christine for creating a genius. Um, and both biologically and through grooming. So, yep, nature over nurture, baby. That's right, or or, or both. <laughs> yeah, I think it right. Takes both. Uh, but the book's biggest tagline says Jacob's mind was quote almost lost to autism, but thanks to Michael and Christine's amazing parenting techniques, mainly Christine's apparently, um, they were able to nurture the genius that lie within. That's the way you got to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, 
The book apparently received uh, rave reviews from Washington Post and Newsday, and Jacob, their son, was accepted to Indiana University at the age of 10. Um, He was in front of the camera on many occasions, having hosted his own TED Talk as a teenager. Riveting. Yeah, right? He's now... What would would your TED Talk have been as a teenager? Uh, I don't think I have anything (laughs) worthwhile to say. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. This is why Uh, Final Fantasy VII is the better (laughs) of the Final Fantasies, and and thank you for your time. (laughs) I hated Final Fantasy. (laughs) Well, I didn't have many friends, okay? (laughs) Because you played Final Fantasy. Well... (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not hating on Final Fantasy. I know it's like a freaking cult classic. Um, but Jacob, okay, has spent his time doing more important things, Andy, in Final Fantasy. He's an astrophysicist and a mathematician, and he is believed to be on the path to a Nobel Prize. Sorry, we aren't all young Sheldon, all right? Right. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, sometimes autism is a superpower. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, His mother is credited with his success using her knowledge of child development gained from running an in-home daycare to provide Jacob with what he needed to succeed. That's what she says. Uh, The narrative of this book is a huge contrast to the claims that Michael and Christine neglected and abandoned their daughter before fleeing the country. But it is the new reality. So, okay, first off, like, to get approved to adopt a child... Like that's a lengthy process. Oh yeah, if you if you know anybody who's actually gone through all the stages of adopting, especially from a foreign country, yeah, that is a lengthy process. That is supposed right? to be a you know all these different checks and balances and screenings and visitations and yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be a expensive and lengthy process. Mm-hmm. And it was weird how the whole process got started for the Barnetts. They actually got a call out of the blue, like just just a random cold phone call saying we have the perfect little girl for you to adopt. Yeah. And she's down here. She's from the Ukraine. She's six years old. Um, <clears throat> but that... Okay, well, let's say they were in the process of... Ado- they were going to adopt somebody. It wasn't like they were just at home one day and be like, you want a Ukrainian girl? Like, wait, who is this? Oh, Jerry? I see what Jerry? you're saying. Yeah, yes, like, wait, I'm who, sorry. They who were... Is this, Jerry? <laughs> I'm sorry. They've already been approved for adoption. Yeah, exactly. I should have... No, I thought that was the same thing, That's why I too. had the whole conversation as far as... Um, you know, how difficult it is to get approved. I'm yeah. trying to paint them in a good light as far as they passed all the tests. I'm sorry. Uh, that wasn't very clear, very true. But yes, they were already in the market to adopt someone. I'm sure they were working with an agency, if not multiple ones. And someone from one of the agencies called them out of the blue. And um, they said when they first met Natalia, when she first come running up to them, she was already saying mommy and daddy mm-hmm. in like a high-pitched, very sweet voice. Okay. But they also noticed that her mannerisms and her body language were very mature. Okay. okay. So just right off the bat, kind of a weird thing. Um, but there were other red flags as well that will that would ultimately lead them to changing Natalia's birth year from 2003, which is what her certificate said, from the Ukraine to 1989 making an 8-year-old girl now a 22-year-old girl, okay? 13 going on 30 right there. Right. They made a whole movie about that. And according to Michael Barnett, the red flags showed up before they even met Natalia, claiming that the adoption agency cold-called them, like we said, claiming they found the perfect child for them. And Andy has some audio of Michael Barnett right here. 
So uh, when I got that phone call, it was uh, Thursday, April 22nd, uh, 2010, uh, they simply said, hey, it's a closed adoption. We're not going to give you any information about the child. We're not going to give you any information about the former family. Here's all we're going to give you. Here's two pictures. Here's a Ukrainian language birth certificate. Um, and here is one doctor visit from two years before. You have 24 hours to tell us whether or not you want to adopt her. If you don't adopt her within 24 hours, we're sending her directly to foster care. Which is... Okay, what is this? A used car you're getting off Craigslist? I know, right? What this kind is of a crazy. Yeah, how did you not think Jump that... on this deal now or tomorrow it'll be gone. Right? What is this? A, a President's Day sale? Mm-hmm. How do you get a call like an adoption agency that's like buy now or lose your chance? Like the auction ends at twenty four hundred. Yeah. This is not an eBay classified ad. And it doesn't even really coincide with uh the rules for adoptive parents. For one who are were supposed to attend preparation courses for at least ten weeks. Obtain local and state federal background checks, go through special training, and have a physical exam, home study, all of which usually takes about eight months. The okay? normal time to grow a regular right. baby. <laughs> you want to take much. the same amount of time and want you to right. just jump ahead. Right. You don't get to skip ahead. No, you don't get to skip ahead. You, you want to have a child, you plan now. Yeah. Um, but, the, but this call did come shortly after another adoption fell through. So... Uh, they were in the process of adopting a little girl from Haiti before uh, before the 2010 earthquake devastated the country and halted that process. Um, so the Barnetts were living in Florida when they got this call asking if they would take Natalia. And within days, with little to no processing from the state, Natalia was headed home with her new family. However, another red flag was said to appear before the couple could even get the girl home. Like I said, that is this, so rushed. Just being like, all right, we got this girl. If you don't want her, we're going to ship man. her off to somewhere else. And you don't know where. Here's two pictures and a, yeah. and a like a vet's notice. Also, it's like, they, like you're buying a puppy. Also, they notice it's just a small, it's kind of a small, weird detail. But to me, I think it makes, it, it's kind of important. And the fact that the date on the birth certificate, um, it, it wasn't two letters for the month and the day. Yeah, it wasn't the, a normal six-digit Exactly. It uh, was like date. It was like five. Three it was three. Oh, it was, was it three? Because it's supposed to say like se- or September 3rd, 2003. But right. it, it, it should say like 090303. Right. But it just said 933. Yes. Okay. See what I'm saying? So that looks sus right off the bat. Um, But they had rented a hotel room for the night after making the long trip to meet the girl and were giving their new six-year-old, I'm using quotes here, baby girl a bath when they noticed something unusual. So I'll just uh, let Andy play this audio for you guys and you can hear for yourself. Uh, that very first night, uh, when Christine was giving our new daughter a bath, you know, she shouted to me, Michael, and it wasn't just a, a shout. It was, it was one of those tones of voice where you knew something was very wrong. Uh, I came rushing into the bathroom, and I found uh, Christine white as a ghost. She was truly shaken. I had no idea why. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And Christine simply said, look. And, and I looked, and I looked down, and Natalia, at age six, had full pubic hair. And she and I were absolutely stunned, and now we're very concerned and very worried. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love that his, like, one of the, again, we talked about how it's like, it seems like some of these guys are a little too comfortable in front of the camera. He is, 
he hams it up a bit just every time he talks. He's he, quite animated, isn't he, he? Yeah, he's got the widest set of eyes, too. Like he has got some Cro-Magnon DNA in there somewhere. This man, <laughs> I don't know, he's not far from, you know, what's that guy from the uh, that animated show you always want, tell me to watch? Oh, Primal? Prim- yeah, he's not far from the Primal guy Spear? right there. Old Spear from Primal? But he, just the way he says things, he's like, look. He is like, he's very animating his face. He is oh, like, yeah. look at that. Oh my. And he's blinking a ton. And the way he tells his stories, they they are, they seem very rehearsed. They seem don't very, they? They're yeah, so theatrical. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they are very prepped for sure. So yeah, their six-year-old daughter appeared to have full pubic hair. And this is when they first thought she might be older. Yeah, you know, you ever uh, seen a six-year-old with a '70s bush? Uh, no, I I don't think so. Uh, the parents also claimed that Natalia had menstrual cycles and her full set of adult teeth. Now, Natalia is with another family now, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. But her family now says that she still does not have a menstrual cycle, according to them, and never has had one. They believe that Christine made up all of this. Okay. Okay. According to the court do- according to court documents, the Barnetts had bone density scans done on Natalia in 2012, and they proved that she was 14 or older at the time she was adopted. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did take the- her to a doctor to have her checked out eventually because they were like, there is no way this is a six-year-old. Yes. And those very same documents claim that Natalia confessed to being older than she was pretending to be during a long-term stay in a psychiatric unit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of damning, too. Um, but there's no telling what she was under the influence of the psychiatric unit. Yeah, there is no real telling. Because like, we haven't, we also have not been able to see these documents. That's a big thing, too. The, like, yeah. So we'll get to that as, eventually. So, yeah. Um, so Natalia underwent medical and psychological evaluations between 2010 and 2012, but in 2013, she was discharged from psychiatric care and back into the hands of the Barnetts. According to them, during that time, Natalia was diagnosed as a sociopath and a psychopath after telling her doctor she wanted to kill the Barnetts and admitting that she was older than she was acting. Just the perfect trifecta of, you know, things they found out there. Yeah, right. It's very convenient. Yeah. <clears throat> like I say. Um, now, this information is what assisted the court with the decision to change her age. Okay? So that's where that came from. That was that was my first question. I'm like, wait a minute. How can adoptive parents just go like, change her birth certificate? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, what's the process for that? I'm still trying to get them t- t- tenant underprices at yeah. <laughs> Change her. You know how much we spend at Golden Corral now? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Kids eat free on Wednesdays. Come on. Come on. But uh, it's also it's also interesting to note at about this same time, the FBI and ICE were looking into Natalia's case because of possible immigration fraud. They believed that there was false age reported prior to her leaving the Ukraine. Okay. So it's crazy that the FBI would be looking into her just coincidentally. At the same time. It's not like the Barnett's called the FBI. You Did think? Did they? I mean, possibly, or at least maybe possibly, like, called somebody at immigration to be like, can you figure out something? Can you look into this case? Can you look into the... Like, I'm sure they probably yeah. did have to call immigration at some point. Right. To be like, yes, we are getting a Ukrainian citizen. You know, we need to get her documentation, her yeah. paperwork, all kinds of stuff for citizenship. So I'm sure that, I, like, immigration was involved at some point, but... Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, something... Another interesting point is that when Natalia went to this psych ward she spent this little this little time in this psych ward uh she couldn't be there if she wasn't an adult 
Yeah. So they must have, like I said, even, uh, you know, as far as medically, they considered her an adult. Yeah. At that time. So, and, and I guess she handled the stay pretty well. I mean, she wasn't abused. She didn't look like she, you know, wasn't, couldn't handle herself or whatnot. No. Um, but yet another red flag came when the Barnetts had a family friend who knew Natalia's native language, um, Ukrainian, I yeah. guess, right? Um, and they tried to speak to her. And they said Natalia didn't understand anything the woman was saying. And she also had never, she never had any kind of accent at all. She speaks perfect American English. Yeah. That's, I, I, there's a, I wondered, uh, I didn't know if they had said this thing or not. They did say that one thing they, um, because like if you see Natalia, she she is severe, like she is handicapped. She is yeah. in a wheelchair a lot of the times too. I think she can walk a bit. But she it's... also seems to have some type of special boots. Yeah, um, I think she on, can walk. Like they're a almost bit. like braces, but they're also boots. Yeah, but that was another thing that Michael does talk about. How like she is supposed to be, you know, physically disabled. She's not supposed to be able to really walk very well. She wants to be yeah. carried a lot of the time. And he's giving an interview where he says they take the kids down to the beach. And, you know, there's, there's, they're carrying her down to the water, but they have to stop to put all their stuff down to get the blankets out and everything. And she's wanting to go down to the water and they're saying, wait just a minute, we have to get this stuff down. And she just gets up and runs like into the ocean. And they both just are looking like, I thought she could barely walk. Mm. She just running on sand. Yeah. So yeah, they have a few other things where they've just like her little, you know, synchronicities or whatever, weren't lining up with her story. And right. Yeah. And th- there was a lot of other things too. I mean, like, once they figured out that she could move, apparently she can move better than than she's letting than on. Yeah. Then she's letting on, yeah. And a lot of her interviews, she seems like she can't get around too well, but apparently she can. Um, another odd thing that happened was that Natalia tried to poison Christine by pouring cleaning solution, pine saw, I believe, into her coffee, and. Uh, we're going to break these down separately, but also tried to push Christine into an electric fence. Okay. That's the, that's okay, the cleaning so first power off, of Pine Saw, baby. So check this out. With the, yes, the cleaning power of Pine Saw. Right. So apparently they have a picture of her pouring Pine Saw into one of Christine's cups. They have, actually have a picture of her. And on Dr. Phil, um, I think we have a clip of it as well. Um, on Dr. Phil, she talks about how Christine... Uh, Natalia being, she taught Natalia says that Christine made her pose for these pictures. Mm-hmm. But why would why would you do it though? Uh, l- 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 here, let's hear what she has to say about this because it's one of the, one of those things where it's like, why would you pose for this? Who would do this? Yeah, seriously. And she says you sprayed bleach in her coffee. It was lemon pledged for tables. And she actually has footage of you doing that. So we had missed a spot. So what I did was I scooted the chair over so I could get up there and I scooted her coffee back so I could grab the thing because it was ne- it was in front of it. So I scooted it back and I grabbed it. She came out and was like, what are you doing? And then she claimed that I tried to spray it in her coffee. You could look in her coffee. There was nothing. Yeah, so it was uh, little happenstances like this that made the couple decide that Natalia needed to be separated from the family. That just seems such a quick defense, too. She's like, they said you poured bleach into into her coffee. It was lemon pledge. Yeah. That was quick. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you, you, so it wasn't bleach. Well, she's probably been asked about this a bunch. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, you're talking about the lemon pledge incident. Okay, exactly. I can already explain this away, which 
seems silly too. I don't know. I mean, th- that explanation kind of makes sense, except for why would you have your daughter with dwarfism clean things she can't reach? Exactly. Why would that you be, doesn't yeah. seem that doesn't seem very smart. Um, but either way, the Barnets were terrified of Natalia, according to them at this time, and decided that they needed to separate her from her. I mean, from them and their biological children. So here's a uh, here's another clip from Michael about this situation. The the first steps were smaller. Uh, she would put thumbtacks face up on our stairs. So when we would walk up and down stairs, we would be stepping on thumbtacks. Certain things would start to become missing in the home. We would find knives under her bed. And then after a short time, uh, there was a moment when I woke up in the middle of the night and Natalia was standing over my bed uh, with a knife in her hand. Very blank look on her face. And she's just standing there with a knife. Shortly thereafter, she began to attempt to harm my sons in a very serious manner. Um, my, my wife, Christine, would take the entire family, my three sons, uh, along with Natalia, uh, downtown to university. My oldest son was attending university at a young age, so the entire family went. And as they would be crossing a street, Natalia had already found something that meant something very important to each of my boys. My youngest son, who was six, was, was into cows, so she found his favorite cow toy. My, my nine-year-old son liked cars, so she found his favorite car toys. And my 11-year-old son was attending university, so she had gotten his homework out of his backpack. As they would be crossing a very, very busy street, she would make sure that the boys were paying attention, and she would launch everything up into the air, into traffic. Now, uh, Holly, to you and I, if something important to us is going in the traffic, we simply know, oh, that's gone. Natalia would simply tell us very coldly and very directly, I'm trying to kill the boys. So again, another uh, pretty well-rehearsed story there. That's a very um, bold confession, but too. But so specific. A, it's a very, yeah, very the straightforward. The on the stairs, you know what I'm saying? The grabbing the kids' things, throwing them into traffic. It seems uh, like, I don't know, for, for to me, it sounds like we talked about a little bit pre-rehearsed stuff. It seems like those things are so carefully escalating like uh-huh. it's a little thing and then a little a little bigger thing and then a slightly bigger thing and it's right. like she, he's, he's carefully saying she did this and then this and then this and then this and it just yeah it's like it's like he's trying to walk you through how you can believe this like right. this little thing then this little thing then this big thing yeah she, it's, it's lemon pledge in the coffee and then it's thumbtacked on the stairs and then it's killing my kids and then it's pushing my kids into traffic yeah yeah Oh, and also pushing Christine into an electric fence, allegedly. Yeah. But how does someone Natalia's size push a grown person in into a fence? There were even other uh, people, um, like with Natalia's exact condition, who were interviewed, and they stated they're like, "Yeah, there's no way I could push a normal sized person into a fence. Like it's just not possible. See, I'm not I've... if they don't want to go. They're I'm not going to be able to make them. I don't know, man. You ever been hitting the back of the knees just the right angle? Your knees just buckle." It's like that's that's the only thing I could think of. Is somebody just like but the, shoulders them right in the back of the knees and their knees buckle down. It's like that's yeah. the only way you could, you know, bring them down quickly is if you hit them in the back of the knees from you know quickly enough. But yeah, you're not really being able to push oh, no. them over. You're not really able the to push the them Barnett's, forward. The way the Barnett's describe it, it ain't even pushing. Like she dragged her towards a fence. Like yeah, come like, on, she's dragged you. Yeah, you're you're not. She's not able to push you over or like roll you. But she could maybe, yeah. like I said, take you out the knee to like bring you down to your knees. Right. But. I don't know that that like I said that one is sus. Um, but either way, after these events, the Barnetts decided to rent Natalia her own apartment, <clears throat> which was just minutes from their home. 
They claim to have provided her with home health aid, social security benefits, food stamps, and paying her rent um, to, to basically so she could make it on her own. Um, and in 2013, like we said, the Barnetts were kind of preoccupied with their own their biological children. Um, their genius son, Jacob, got accepted into Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics. Mm, very prestigious. I graduated there in 2012. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, of course, of course, Michael. <laughs> Class of 2012. I'll see you at the 10 year reunion, of course. Of course, of course. But that's in uh, Waterloo, Ontario, for you, for you non geniuses. Um, now, Jake being. We call just, you normies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Now, Jake, being just 14 at the time, uh, he couldn't go on his own. So the entire family was going to relocate to Canada. Well, everyone except for Natalia, of course. Yeah, kind so of a flight risk at this point. Yeah, it's good timing, though. It's one thing, you know, to set your quote-unquote adult daughter, adoptive daughter, up with an apartment that's minutes from where you live. Um, but when you do it and then immediately to go to Canada, it seems a little suspicious. Seems a l- it? Yeah. It seems like you were trying to just, you know, dot your T's and cross your I's yeah. and get this out of here and, you know, get her out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah. But see, what's crazy is at, at, before this, Natalia actually had another apartment, um, that she was staying in while the Barnett's were still living in town mm-hmm. and something happened and she got evicted from the apartment for whatever reason. Um, I have no idea. But the Barnett set her up with a new apartment, and they paid for the entire uh, first year of rent up front on this one. So maybe maybe they had some checks that didn't go through. or mm, That book deal did really Maybe they well. were giving the money to Natalia, and she wasn't putting it on rent. or uh, you know, I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. So either way, the Barnett's pay for a new apartment uh, that is settled in town and close to her school close to Natalia's school, and at this point, they claim that they were communicating with her daily, but later stated that they weren't actually able to contact her, and they assumed that she had moved on to, quote-unquote, scamming another family. And what school was she going to at this point? Do you remember? I don't. She had to have been going... That's a great question, right? Yeah, because I was wondering I think about she- that. Oh, no, she was going to an adult school. Yeah, like a community college She was or going something? to, like, adult classes, adult high school, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Yes, she was. Um, so, yeah, so the, the Barnett's assumed she'd gone on to scamming another family, and maybe they were right. Because Natalia, very soon, was discovered living on her own by a couple in 2016, Antoine and Cynthia Mance, who invited her to come over and hang out with their family. Um, you know, they're just a couple with three kids, and uh, Natalia has been with them ever since. It's kind of weird. Um, there's there's some scenes from the documentary, not the documentary, I'm sorry, the Dr. Phil episode with Natalia. Now, the Dr. Phil episode is very strong in Natalia's favor, wouldn't you say, Andy? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, but it is Natalia on the show mm-hmm. with her newly adopted family. And her newly adopted mother, Cynthia, describes uh, their first interaction where she kind of sees Natalia playing by herself and she goes up to her and she's like, Hey, where are your parents? And she says, I don't have parents. I have an apartment. I live on my own. And she was like, no, you don't. And she's like, yeah, I do. And she was like, can you show me? And then, so she took her to her apartment and she was like, yeah, here's my apartment. And she had legit stuff in there. She had like box food and things like that. Here's my cell phone bill. uh, Here's my car insurance. And according to Cynthia Manns and Antoine, they were like, why don't you just come live with us? Why don't you just 
come over to our house and yeah, see how you fit in. There's like, no reason a child should be living in their on their own like this. Right? It's weird. But the uh the man's claim that Natalia was closer to 16 at the time, not 22. And they say that she's a part of their family now. And her version of the events was way different. Yeah, like you heard that first time when she's on the Dr. Phil show. Like, she's she's quickly got her responses ready. And she's, no, I wasn't doing this. I was just cleaning because they were making me clean. And, yeah, she exactly. has a very different story to tell. Oh, my God, yeah. Other than that wolf man adopted father. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but the the new adopted family claims that Natalia has never shown any violent behavior. Um, they say she's a big help with her new siblings, and she helps around the house. So she is capable of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple tried to petition the court to become Natalia's legal guardians, but were denied because according to her new age, she was not a minor anymore. The whole situation is weird, man. It's like the more you learn about it, the stranger it is. Yeah, I like the way that one guy says about it in the trailer for the documentary. Where he's like, it's like a Rubik's Cube. You think you you think you think solved it and you turn yeah. it around and got there. <laughs> Why is it yellow on the blue? Exactly. Exactly. But apparently, um, Natalia has had some issues with her age verification in the past. Another couple that had tried to adopt Natalia before, uh, they came forward showing the paperwork that they received showing Natalia's real age. The Dupals. They're a couple who share the same type of disorder as Natalia, and they thought she would be a good fit, but the adoption fell through for reasons unspecified. Natalia's biological mother was found and interviewed by media outlets, and here is what she has to say about her daughter. This is from their exclusive interview. This is my daughter who I gave birth to 16 years ago. She is 16 years old. I gave birth to her on September 4, 2003 at 6.25 a.m. in the maternity hospital. Natalia has told us she would be willing to reunite with her birth mother if I could arrange it, and that is something that we are working on. So that's some damning evidence right there. If that is the truth, that... Obviously, doesn't look good for Christine and Michael, right? That's just very. That's very Scripted. weird for like. A, if you gave this, if you gave this child up, like for adoption at that young of an age, like right. at birth, how would you be able to look at a, at a sixteen-year-old and be like, "Yep, that's the baby I gave birth to and gave away for adoption"? Like immediately, that's a weird thing. Like, yep, that is the baby I gave birth to on. That's this a date. great point. It's like, how are you that confident? Like. In, I, I, mean, I guess that's you. In you the days may of know, the interwebs, but... man, we could get in touch with anybody. You can get in touch with somebody from the Ukraine, get them to here, read this, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 and we'll pay you this much amount of money. They've you know? also had, you know, we, we talked about yes. how there's other evidences of, you know, previous Ukrainian adoption agencies of having birth certificate errors mm-hmm. and forgeries and different numbers. So, yeah, it's not hard to, be- like, to believe that this is just another, you know, con artist. No, it's not, man. It's It's scary. But with this new evidence um, of Natalia being younger, Christine and Michael were taken to court in 2019, being charged with neglect for abandoning a child in 2013. Now, the couple had divorced in 2014, but both still faced possible jail time if convicted. It's a weird thing to get divorced right after you've had all this very stressful and tense and dramatic incidences with this adoption. Usually when when there's an enemy of the entire family, it kind of brings the family together. Yeah, you you really unite together because they all moved away together to to be safe and get away. But it seems like maybe some some tension behind the scenes wasn't all really uh, what it seemed. Yeah. 
And at this time, you know, Michael and Chris, uh, Christine are really uh, throwing bullets at, at Natalia, whatever they can get to stick. Christine claimed that Natalia had been with a possible 30 families since entering the United States. Uh, that was not denied, by the way. Not uh, from Natalia? Yeah. She she was like, yeah, I've been with a lot of families. I've been around. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the first family returning her to child services because she had physically harmed their other child. Natalia admitted on a previous fa- that uh, admitted a previous family had returned her to U.S. Social Services when she injured uh, one of their boys. Here's a quote: "One of the boys, me and him, were really close, so we wrestled, um, wrestled almost. It just says wrestled almost, but I landed on his arm wrong, so the mom thought I was trying to break his arm." End quote. That's a okay. That right there is so so alarming to me because we both have parent or we both have kids. We see how children play and wrestle and siblings. Yeah. As a parent, when you see two kids wrestling and they're playing, you know when they're playing. You can yeah. tell when there is malicious intent. And for a girl, if if she is, uh, you know, a handicapped, uh, dwarfism girl who has you know all these special needs. Yeah. How are like, and this mother's like, oh, she's trying to hurt my child. She's the she's a villain. That's a that's a bold claim. Absolutely, like, you would as a mother to make that claim, you would need to see some hard evidence that mm-hmm. someone's trying to hurt your child, especially someone who you are you are planning to adopt and think it's right. welcome into your family. That's just a very bold statement to say. And you can tell, you can tell when kids are trying to hurt other kids, man. Yeah. I mean, or maybe they just got her home and they just didn't like her, and they were just like, we we don't. She's not a good fit. Um, you know, let's make something up. That that's always the case. That could always be a possibility. Yeah, but this isn't I like a know. shelter dog. I'm just like, it's just so weird that they're able to just bounce around this much. Well, I mean, you know, unfortunately, Andy, that's how some of those kids get treated. You know, True. it's the reality. The foster program is is harsh, dude. Um, but none of these charges stuck, and I, I really think it's just because of Natalia's gray background, the history. There's there's nothing concrete there. We don't know who she is, mm-hmm. where she's from, really. You know, she has no Ukrainian accent. Like I said, if you listen to her on the Dr. Phil interviews, her, her, her voice, her accent's perfect. Yeah. Perfect English. Um, so as of March 2023, just this year, uh, the Barnetts were acquitted of all charges. Michael was first, and then I think uh, a few months later, Christine was then put on trial. But they were both acquitted separately mm-hmm. on all charges of neglecting their adopted daughter. And to this day, still, no one knows how old Natalia really is. And that's what their lawyer used as a defense. He was basically like, if you can't confirm that this is a child, how can you neglect a child? Yeah. Because one of the things they were trying to get them with is that was they were really trying to get them on you neglected a child. And then they were like, okay, well, if we can't prove she's a child, she was still your dependent. Uh, And you neglected your dependent. But did they neglect their dependent by paying rent, giving her food, paying her utilities? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, that was how they had to try and get them again because they were like, yeah, you feel me? Some great, great points as well. He's like, you know, how, how does she, you know, I don't know, reach the upper counters. How does she go grocery shopping? How does she get there? How does she, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know this day and age, everybody has shit delivered, but I mean, this is what, 2010, 2011? Mm-hmm. She was living alone. I mean, you, you couldn't just, I mean, you could definitely get stuff delivered, but not like, not as convenient as now. You yeah, know I mean, I, where you I, just I, pull it up on an app and have all your groceries delivered and whatnot. And then also, you know, what was her budget like? And then th- when the mans found her, Cynthia, uh, her new adopted mother, she claimed that when they first found her in her apartment, she had nothing but like box food, like, 
Yeah, like I frozen imagine. meals and stuff. No, not even that. Hmm. I mean, like snacks. Like you would get at a gas station, like a box of Cheez Its and crackers and. Uh, you know, maybe beef jerky, like stuff like that. Yeah, like a normal, well-balanced And she meal. even said on uh, in a few interviews, she said, yeah, I would go down to the gas station and like some other tenants sometimes would give me money and I would get f- food from there. Okay, what's wrong with eating from a gas station, Michael? Sometimes you like those, sometimes beef jerky is pretty good, okay? <laughs> sometimes you just want a gas station, no, hot dog and some cheese. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, that's just the only, that I mean, it makes sense because she could walk there is what I'm getting to. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't call an Uber. Yeah, exactly. This was, so, I, I don't know. Um, and I'm assuming at this point she didn't have a driver's license. Also, she wasn't she set up for... lived for over, well over a year on her own. It's like, could a, could an eight-year-old do that? Yeah, because could an eight-year-old I mean, be a functioning uh, a member of society? Could they right? survive on their own, know how to do all these things? Right. Like, and then when Cynthia Mann found her apartment, when she went up with her that day, when she saw her at the park or wherever she was... She didn't say like, oh, the apartment was in disarray or it was so nasty or it wasn't cleaned up or, or this. No, she's like, no, it, it looked nice. She had, you yeah. know, basic amenities. She had box foods. I mean. It looked like a teenager was living there. Like, like you said, the Rubik's Cube thing, man. You think you got one side of this figured out and then you flip it over and you're like, what the hell? Where'd this color come from? Yeah. Why is there a green? It's freaking weird. And like we said, guys, uh, make sure you check out the docu-series. I'm, we're not like being sponsored by this or anything. I'm curious about it myself. Um, it's called The Curious Case of Natalie Gra- Natalia Grace. How am I saying Natalia this whole time? I'm saying Natalie. Natalia. Well, so me. Um, but anyways, it's debuting on ID Channel starting Monday, May 29th, the end of this month. Like I said, there's a link to the YouTube trailer right below this description. And as you hear the trailer, um, I think you'll still be just as confused as you are after listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. back and forth. I, I, I really, I think uh, the media and um, the Barnets and Natalia at this point are withholding a lot of other interviews and information until this until this airs on ID. And you're gonna see it's gonna be a it's gonna be a freak show. When you see that trailer, that I'm I, I, I keep making these werewolf jokes about this man, but that man looks like he is mid lycanthropy change. Like he is punching uh, the floor and screaming. Like he's, yeah, I feel he's like he's yelling. about to just Hulk he's out just of his shirt at some point. Literally just, punching the floor, and he's not he's not exaggerating there. This man is on the floor punching the floor during a one on one interview. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, this is this takes um, Tom Cruise bouncing on a couch up to eleven. Yes, it does. Um, and in my opinion, the trailer, it sort of paints a picture of Christine as like this manipulative, manipulative monster and Michael as like this unstable husband who was kind of like along for the ride. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's just kind of how it, how, in my opinion, it paints it. Um, but like I said before, as far as the law is concerned, the Barnett's were declared not guilty. So they've been acquitted. Um, that may be the case, but I don't know if they're innocent, dude. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like there is really a, a I don't really feel like there's a, a true victim or a true like dude, perpetrator in this case. There is it's some so damning confusing. little bits of audio in that trailer. Oh, but yeah. I wonder if they're trying to pull you one way and then when you watch the doc, it's, you know, all, everything they showed you in the trailer were just the tiny little snippets yeah. compared to the mountain of evidence that Natalia is a psycho orphan. Exactly. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely giving you all these teasers. They're yeah. trying to hook you in, but there is some, there's some sound bites in there. There's some clips mm-hmm. of things you're like, oh shit, that really points one direction. Well, that points the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, it's weird, man. It, it, the, the evidence and the, the things that the, the Barnett's come up with, it's like so specific. 
like with the pubic hair thing and the thumbtacks and the pine saw or the lemon pledge, whatever the hell it was. It just seems weird to make up, but mm-hmm. also it did seem like they had a lot to lose. And maybe they saw Natalia as kind of like a weight on their yeah. family, especially after all of a sudden their son was starting to succeed and look like he had a bright future. Because it, it almost you know? looked like, and this is just pure speculation right here. This is speculation. All nation. of this is absolutely. And but it just seemed like this. It, this this family had three children. The mom wrote a successful book about her her special needs son who is a success story now. Right. And it's almost like they were trying to get a, another kid that wasn't one of theirs. And she was going to do the, like the same thing to make oh, another success story. Interesting point for like for a sequel book yeah. or whatever. And she and it, didn't find a good and candidate. And it didn't work out. Yeah. And they're like they needed to kind of cut this one loose to to move on. That that's just pure speculation. That's just an angle that it can seem like in some angle or some yeah. situations. But that's just kind of what it. Some little mm-hmm. red flags that peaked in my interest was like, okay, this that is interesting. Seems like you were maybe looking for some inspiration for a sequel book. Yeah, that first one went off so well and. You're uh, thinking, well, uh, I need to have some kind of, I have to have something to write about. The nurturing mother strikes again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah it's some kind of different, you know, the sequel is way bigger than this, the original. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like that to me. But why didn't she give up? I mean, I mean, reforming a little psychopath, as you say, wouldn't that be even greater? I feel like I it was mean, probably just too much to deal with. It was just, it, it wasn't going to be as easy as she wanted it to be. And she needed yeah. it to be a, a quick turnaround, probably. Yeah. Like the son's going off to college. Got to get the money for that college. You got to yeah. get all these different Absolutely. things to. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he's getting scholarships. He's getting you know, all kinds of different you know grants and everything. But still, you're moving the whole family over here. You're taking every, you're traveling all this time. You got to you gotta earn, earn some extra cash. Oh, definitely. So, so what do you think about Natalia though? I mean, what do you think? I don't know. It's it's a weird little thing, but when you see her, the way she gives interviews, the way she looks, and the way her body language is, something even, doesn't sit right dude, with me. I know. Even in pictures when she's quote unquote eight, it's like she's like throwing up peace signs and stuff. She's like sitting at tables, like laughing with a with a cup. I don't know. It just doesn't look eight to me. Yeah, she. There was even a comment where like I think, it. I think it was Christine language. walked up. She said Christine said at one point like she walked up to her and said it was like, "Ugh, these kids are exhausting. I don't know how you do it." She's like, "Yeah, but you're one of the you're a kid. Yeah, you're the youngest. Like, what the fuck? Right? It'd be funny if like you know maybe an adult has said that to her or something like that, and maybe that's the case. But you still, know? yeah, it was. I don't know. You never know just, what these kids are exposed to in foster care. Honestly, exactly. We yeah, we watched a couple different people to kind of try and break her down and dissect her mental state and everything like that. But yeah, it's it, she is just she comes from the the abyss and yeah. she just kind of appeared in their lives and now it's been this ongoing mystery ever since. It's so weird, dude. It is really a weird thing. I'll tell you what's not a weird thing. All natural deodorant. Oh, it's not weird at all. It's man. not it weird at all. In, this, in, in this fact, studio. it's a very normal thing, and you should do it. It's, it's totally normal. <laughs> it's totally normal. And uh, I suggest you start with Oh My Gaia. Oh My Gaia, Michael. That's right, Andy. An innovative all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while still maintaining effectiveness. And at Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free ingredients, okay? And there's always a scent to suit your fancy, like vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber, pear, sweet pea, sailor, barbershop, <gasps> and true crime pie. I, I feel like every time that. you do that, you got to, got, got to have that Ace Ventura set up. You're like, <laughs> I thought you'd never <laughs> ask. 
<laughs> and you do the whole thing in reverse. It's <laughs> got to list all these scents going down. Real That's fast. right. One breath. And those scents are available in not only natural deodorant, but also scented oils and beard oils, fellas. If you're growing out that beard, get you some beard oil. I got me some lumberjack and also some leather and lavender. Ooh, for I got nighttime. some of that. I got you some know? of that pine for my beard. Oh, very like to, nice. Like to smell nice and tree, like I just hugged a nice, nice evergreen. Oh, yes. That's always a pleasant smell. I just fell out of the top of a Christmas tree. That's right. <laughs> But because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners and you're creepers, you can use code word creeper for 15% off your order at shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram or ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. Use code word creeper for 15% off. You know what else we can talk about though, Michael? What else? Because you got me you got me thinking about some good vibes right now. Yeah. And we gotta get some vibes going in here with tonic C B D. Yes. The because best it's vibes. true. Not all CBD products are created equal, from how the hemp is grown and processed to how it's formulated and delivered into your sweet bodies. Mm, sweet bodies. That, that's why Tonic's products really stand out with an original formulas using CBD, adaptogens, herbs, and superfoods. It has been working to deliver the most effective, intentional, and sustainable products possible. Ever, ever so possible, Michael. I have no idea. Tonic cultivates their own hemp on their certified organic family farm in upstate New York. That hemp travels only 30 minutes to their distribution facility, where it is then turned into a finished product and sent directly to you, our listeners, ensuring only the highest quality vibes at every stage of the process. With values rooted in quality, integrity, and sustainability, Tonic is committed to creating plant-based wellness products that are good for the people and good for our planet. Oh my Gaia, that's a good idea. <laughs> and visit tonicvibes.com to learn more and use code word creeper for 20% off your order. That is tonicvibes.com and use code word creeper for 20% off your order. That's right, guys. Thank you so much uh, for supporting our sponsors, for supporting the people that support us. Um, like we said, you can get everything that we create at patreon.com slash guys, and sometimes you can get it even early. Um, also, I want to remind everybody, uh, old episodes 51 through 100 will be placed in the vault on June 1st. So if you're here on the free platform and you, you're going to stay a freeloader, that is perfectly fine. We appreciate you very much, and you'll still get your new episodes every week. But you better listen to those 51 through 100 if you haven't already. Yeah, start cramming. That's right. And guys, we will be back on YouTube next week again, yes. uh, taking a week off right now for some family stuff and vacations. I'm Like I said, I'm heading out of town this yes, weekend. Yes, heading going out to, to L.A. Going to the West Coast to That's Hollywood. Right, right on. So I'm not you... coming back. I'm just going to make it big out there. Oh, damn it. I'm just, all it's going to take me is two days. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get noticed. I'm going to get discovered. Yeah. You'll never hear from me again, Michael. <laughs> yeah, we never heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> this is my goodbye. <laughs> You'll never hear from me Usually again. Usually it's from people that moved to L.A., but Andy's just visiting. and he's. Oh, like, I'm, he's, yeah, I'm preempting this. He's... <laughs> He already has illusions. I'm going to get discovered in this Marriott. <laughs> yeah, take some of your scripts. <laughs> Try to pitch them. Start handing them out on Hollywood who I, Boulevard. Who do, who do I talk to? Who do I talk to? I think that, you think that Spider-Man on the street will take my script? <laughs> I bet that's Andrew Garfield. Right. That guy's super famous. Is that Subway <laughs> Spider-Man? You know how many influencers you probably probably see in LA? But uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, also, there'll be, like we said, there'll be no video version of the show this week. Next week, we'll be back on YouTube, back on the free platform everywhere. And uh, yeah, until then, I guess you guys will just have to keep on creeping. All right, I guess Andy? they will. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you later. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other shows on our TCG network, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. Starting every Monday with new episodes of Strange and Unexplained, followed every other Tuesday by our audio drama podcast, Sandu Stories. Then, of course, new episodes of True Crime Guys every Wednesday. 
And if that's not enough, head on over to our Patreon, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content, including older episodes, strange shorts, the latest edition of Sandu Stories, and of course, higher thoughts. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. You hush your mouth, boy.